Clinton Hill at Sweet Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Metro, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Springspan, and Cut Cockburf. And now we talk Hey, it's We Talk Games Pick of the Buck, also known as The Buck, and I know what you're thinking. You're Kyle Von Kubik. What are you doing on this show? Well, I'm filling in for William Bentley III. I fucked that up. Who was I supposed to fill in for? <laughs> I'm filling in for Reverend Charlie Goodmuffin. Stinky has given the regular cast the night off and has given the show over to what he calls the B-Squad. So I'm filling in for Reverend Charlie Goodmuffin III. Chris, who are you filling in for? pretty appropriate i was gonna dress as this guy for halloween but i am basically horace mangrove tonight oh very good very good and you kind of sound like him thank you i've been working on it very good also on the line keith the robo duke who are you filling in for hey i'm here to fill in for uh, william bentley the third which is interesting because i was almost a third oh really i almost was you know, save it my for mom. family tree cast welcome to the family tree cast with the robo duke save it for the show save it for the show <laughs> And also on the line, John E. Capcom. Yes, I'm filling in for uh, Clint Cockworth. Uh, It's Clint. Um, Clint Cockworth. Sorry, Clint Cockworth. Clint Uh, Cockworth. I'll do my best to uphold the good name of uh, Clint Fitty or whatever his name is. All right. This is Pick of the Buck. It is our monthly long format show where, oddly enough, we still talk games, but this time, instead of talking about arcade games, which we do on a weekly basis, we talk about every other type of game, whether it's contemporary or retro, on any type of console. When we're talking about PC, we're talking about MSX, TG16, Nintendo, even browser games. So if this is the first time you're listening to any We Talk Games podcast, you can find out everything you need to know about us at wetalkgames.com. The other caveat to this show is each show we have a randomly generated premise that we have to somehow ham-fist the game we pick into. And that randomly generated premise is picked by our robot sex pot, T.T. Schmookins, and she'll be doing it at the end of this show for next month. So it's something to look forward to each month. This month's premise is Smashing Dump Kens. Who wants to get started with their pick, Udabuck, for this month? I'll go first. Keith Robidoux filling in William Bentley III. Kind of hard to interpret this, and I'm going to try my best to make the connection to the game I picked here. Okay. Did anyone play a Barbie game? Nope. Oh, see now. I did a little bit that of research. Clever. I was trying to find a like dating Barbie game to play. I don't have a pick this. Actually, I have a small pick this month, but I'll let you guys go first. But I, I was hoping one of you would like suffer through playing a Barbie game for the show. I already suffered through the Barbie game on Nintendo. I had a younger sister. We had that game. And, you, you know, know what's sad is that there is a market for little girls playing video games. Yeah, but they don't like Barbie games. In my experience, I, I used to play games with my friends, like when we were kids. Like, yeah, you know, they they like you know Sonic and Streets of Rage and all the same shit I did. Like, exactly, you know? and that's what I'm getting to. Is that I, I think it's almost insulting. It's like a cash grab thing. It's like you know, no different than the SpongeBob SquarePants games or shit like that. I think the only game that I can remember that's come out in recent history that's actually a good game based off a franchise for children. I saw my little sister playing the Adventure Time games, and those were actually built relatively uh, well. 
There's another one out there. Uh, Kim, pa- uh, Kim Possible Watts the Switch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Spud uh, on Hit Start Now to- talked about that, I think. Oh, yeah. He, he was talking about it because I told him about it. It's uh, a good game? <laughs> great game. Great game. How, what does it play like? Like a platformer, 2D platformer. Okay. Uh, it's cel-shaded. Uh, it's on the PlayStation 2 and I think GameCube as well. Oh, cool. And uh, Really cheap to come by. It's got the kind of Ninja Gaiden kind of you know, wall jumping going on. And you play as both the hero and the villain from the mm-hmm. TV show. I, I've never seen the TV show. I don't know uh, what relevance it has, but really great game. You can get it for a pittance. Wow. For a half a bag of Funyuns? Quarter bag. Do you get to <laughs> play as like the naked little hamster in the Kim Possible game? Isn't there some like little... It's a mole naked- rat. It's a naked mole rat. I was oh, just sorry. about to correct don't you too. Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> I've never actually seen the show. Oh, really? Well, I know of the show, but... See, I can always defer to having a sister 21 years younger than me. Ah. Even, you know, though maybe secretly I watched an episode without her, but I won't admit to it. Oh, you've watched it then, have you? Mm Mm-hmm. I hear it's actually good. I've just never gotten around to it. Yeah, I I watched it. It wasn't with my little sister. I watched it actually with my little brother, who's uh, the one 12 years younger than me. That show came out when he was a kid. It had a very um, Dexter's Lab look about it. Which, that's yeah. what hooked me into watching it with them. And it was a pretty decent show of what I remember. Yeah, I think it came out when I was in college. So I was too busy, you know, drinking and wrecking houses and stuff. <laughs> and all the things people do in college. Yeah, that was around when uh, torrents and all the internet stuff was big. I wasn't watching TV. I was just downloading everything. And watching you were downloading stuff. Kim Possible episodes. Watching uh, anime and uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000. You mm-hmm. know, the good stuff. All right, enough about Kim Possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I have a to jump to another game before I actually you know, get to things. Uh, my cousin, she's not much of a gamer per se, but she really liked the Nancy Drew adventure games on PC. Okay. Like, actually, a pretty solid series. It's been going for a while, too. I don't know if it's by the same people who do the uh, Sherlock Holmes. The, the Sherlock Holmes consultant detective games. I don't know if it's consultant detective. I'm, I'm thinking of like the last testament of Sherlock Holmes and the more recent ones. Although I don't want to say Bullfrog because that's the studio that used to be Molyneux, and Microsoft bought them and threw them in the trash. Um, <laughs> but some with a frog. They're pretty solid for find clues, figures-ish out games. Is it like a point-and-click adventure LucasArts style, or is it more like Myst? It's a little more like Myst. It's kind of got alternating bits, from what I understand, where it'll have like a little story cinematic bit, and then it'll let you loose in an area. You've got to find the clues to answer that part of the story. And uh, eventually it'll move you on to the next one. It's more logical, mm-hmm. like, as opposed to, like, slap this rubber chicken with some toilet paper yes. and get it wet, and that'll plug the drain so you can float your little raft up to the next floor or something. It's nothing like that. Yeah. You use the monkey as a monkey wrench. Yeah. I would like one plain snow cone, please. <laughs> I forget what you did with that snow cone. I think it was the third Monkey Island. Speaking of adventure games, Chris, also known as Nekobun, recently did a 24-hour or nearly 24-hour stretch of the Back to the Future adventure games by Telltale. Yeah, the games themselves together only take about 12 hours, 13 hours. I was patting it out with other stuff. This was before Walking Dead, so it didn't have the whole, like, oh, such and such will remember this, and the saves don't even actually carry over to the other episodes. Yeah. But it's decent. It gets more and more fan servicey with nods to the earlier stuff from the movies as you get through the games, but pretty consistent, uh, not too janky. Had a good time. There's a hoverboard eventually. And where can listeners find your uh, Twitch channel? Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash negabon. There may be other marathons right after this airs since we're live. 
Also, the archives from that will be on youtube.com slash Agabun. Make sure not to miss the Arcade Meekly, a video companion that matches up with our Arcade Weekly podcast. Keith, tell us about your pick, dude. <laughs> it's all right. I'm always down for a Kim Possible tangent. I didn't do my best to make a connection here. This is a game that should have been a smash, mm. but sadly, it was more two of a dump. other better game titles were dumped onto this game. Okay. That happens to star a guy named Ken. Wow, okay. I uh, like where you're going. Street Fighter 2010, The Final Fight. <laughs> ordered the Nintendo Entertainment System from 1990. Okay, you decided to bear that cross, huh? Yes, I decided I was going to play this game. And now, the interesting thing about the game isn't the game, because it's kind of substandard. The controls are... Kind of? Yeah. <laughs> The controls are sticky. There's way too much of a latency between hitting a button and an attack happening. But the interesting thing about the game is what it was and what it became. Right. The fact is the game was called 2010 Street Fighter in Japan, which came out in August 1990. And basically, in America, they were like, hey, that the weird thing is, is Street Fighter 2 isn't out yet. Keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Street Fighter 2 did not come out until 1991. The original Street Fighter came out in 1987. And great, it wasn't a big hit. Nobody, I mean, people played it, but it wasn't as big as Street Fighter 2. That's when, you know, the fighting game generation began or whatever. So Yeah, I mean, would everyone else agree? That wasn't a very good fighting game. No, it was terrible. Yeah. Uh, it was... Uh, it's shocking how good its sequel was in comparison to where its origins came from. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, it can be summed up in a noise, which is... Huh! Huh! <laughs> <laughs> like that, it's just this fucking clunky fucking mess of a game yes uh, i guess because there was nothing really like it at the time right it probably got a pass you know? true it was, yeah, <laughs> this is also a bit of a clunky mess though that's definitely a good uh, phrase to use for that and this game mm. in japan 2010 street fighter in the japanese game this sounds pretty interesting you play a guy named kevin straker he's a cyborg policeman i like emplo- employed by the galaxy police mm-hmm. and he's there to get rid of interplanetary super criminals known as parasites. Okay. They are alien-human armored parasitic insect hybrid. They have, the, they have a parasitic insect implanted in their body. Keith, was Cowboy Bebop out at this time? <laughs> I don't think that okay. was until uh, the late 90s, early 2000s. So there's a character named Dr. Jose, who is the scientist who made all these parasitic organisms. And you play the guy named Kevin, and you are there to take this guy out and get rid of these evil parasites, right? Yeah. Through a series of levels that – it reminds me a little bit of Monster Party, where the, each level is based more about beating bosses than another it is terrible advancing game. to a goal. Yeah. Monster Party, another shit game. Another not very good game, yeah. but should be cool. Like, that game should be cool. Right. But it just doesn't control very well, and it's very – it's difficult. So, in a great twist – at the end of the game, you discover, oh no, Kevin is actually a parasite created by him, and that it was all designed in the first place, blah, 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 and you, 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 know, you beat him, and that's the end. Now, that ending is still the same, the twist, but somebody at Capcom, because this game is developed by Capcom, published by Capcom, mm-hmm. so this wasn't like a Capcom game from Japan they licensed to some shit American company who made a bad translation. Capcom did this themselves. <laughs> we all need humble beginnings. Exactly. 
Uh, but they had already come out yeah. with a lot of games. This was 1990. Yes. This is pretty late in they the Nintendo cycle. Like they had already put out a lot of really good games. You're and saying done a lot of good. Games. You're saying they should have known better. They should have known better than to say, "Hey, you guys know that Street Fighter arcade game we made? Well, there's this game we made in Japan called 2010 Street Fighter. Let's tie it into that one." Capcom do have a long history, though, of releasing games in the West with shitty kind of packaging and mm-hmm. names and dressing it up and stuff. Like, let's we forget the Mega Man series. That's like true, that. but those games are still good. That's the problem. Is this isn't a- oh, yeah, look, it's, it was par for the course for them to be just like, oh, what? These fucking honkies won't get this. <laughs> <laughs> George <laughs> Jefferson, the president the of Capcom. <laughs> Wheezy, but, uh, we're putting out DuckTales. Yeah, like, what the hell? So they decide to change the story. You're Ken mm-hmm. from Street Fighter 25 years in the future, where now you've become a gifted scientist? Sure. Did Dolph Lundgren become a big muscly guy or a scientist first? Uh, <laughs> Can't both at the same time. Yeah. Same time? I think he was a practicing OBGYN in need of more practice. <laughs> Is there a title screen where Ken goes, now I'm off to do my real experiments with Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't mention his wife anywhere in there. To be fair, his name is Ken Masters. Where do you think he got that Masters? Oh. Good point. There Good we point. go. That makes sense. He's a gifted scientist who has developed a substance called cyboplasm. Yeah, okay. That actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like what's inside Stretch Armstrong. Cyboplasm, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, as it's explained in the opening scroll, which I wish I had captured, because the explanation I r- read of the story doesn't compare to this bad translation opening narrative. So, Cyboplasm in little doses grants mm-hmm. you superhuman strength. Okay. But. If given too much of it, it takes you over and drives you crazy and you become a killing machine. So Ken's lab partner, Troy, is murdered and left in a pile of goo, which they lit in the intro. It's like <laughs> nothing is left but a pile of goo. <laughs> skeet, 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 skeet. <laughs> the cyboplasm is stolen, and now Ken needs to bring Troy's killer to justice by okay. giving himself bionics yeah. and an interdimensional transporter in, either, in order to follow the killer's trail, which in the opening says, which was thankfully easy. Like, <laughs> like it's literally like, luckily it was pretty easy to follow this crazy killer's trail. <laughs> he was a good um, killer and a shit criminal. <laughs> and then you, as you're playing through the game, you get different cut scenes of Ken and this, this eyeball in the corner, just this guy's eye, you know, saying like, Oh, don't follow me. If you do, you'll just get hurt. Stop pursuing me. Da da da. You know. Oh, Saruman. Oh, but it, yeah, it's Saruman. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. eye. Yeah. <laughs> Saruman is the eye. Saruman is Christopher Lee. All right. I'm sorry. Which one uh, is Willow? Uh, that's a, <laughs> that's their term, John. That's their term. <laughs> I know. Isn't that so horrible though? That like that film, which starred a, a little dude uh, like it was him, Mark Davis, <laughs> created a slur term for little dude. Yeah, I mean, you know, George Luke was that Lucas? Yep. Yeah, I George mean, hey, Lucas and uh, Ron Howard directed it. Great movie. Oh yeah, man. No doubt about it. The, the 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 helmet on that one guy is just so fucking metal that <laughs> how could how could it not be a good movie? Pat the Bomber Roach. They had those cool 
scab monster dog things at the end of it and the coolest hydra probably ever shown on film mm. and the greatest wizard battle which happened way before the battle between gandalf and saruman you think that wizard battle is better than the battle in wizards by ralph bakshi <laughs> everything is better than that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so, that one was for Wiggly. Uh, another mo- movie saw at a young a bit at a young age, and and haven't seen it since. But just remember being like cartoon boobs, yeah. whoa, cartoon boobs and Nazi propaganda. It must be deep. <laughs> yes, my my ten year old self was like, mm, yeah, it's Nazi propaganda. I see the line. Why am I so he- hard? <laughs> It is a cool idea, though, isn't it? Like, the whole thing where, like, the guy finds Hitler films in the future and unites all these people in the I did think that was a cool idea. Mm. Oh, that's what it is. I see. I haven't seen it since I was, like, 10. Yeah, so, uh, that's pretty much how he does it, I guess, or inspires, like, these goblins or monsters or something like that. Interesting. Uh, they're, they're <laughs> for whatever Bakshi could draw a lot of. Like, <laughs> yeah. Whatever okay. was the cheapest and the fastest. Exactly. Which I imagine the localization on this game was. So the closer Ken gets to the killer, yeah. the, he gets a pain in his body. Oh, look out. The killer was Troy, who faked his own death in order to steal the cyberplasm and spread it across the universe. What a twist. To create an army of superhuman. Have you noticed how it, it took me a much shorter amount of time to explain the Japanese plot? Because you um, don't need this crazy plot in this kind of game. Yeah, if we cut out all our interruptions, yes, it was very <laughs> short. Well, no, but also the fact that, like, oh, here's Kenny. He used to be a fighter. He became a gifted scientist and created this thing called Cyboplasm. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, instead of just, like, you're a guy, he's a galaxy policeman. He fights these evil aliens called parasites. Go. Yeah, the end. They ham-fisted, to use that term again, Ken, into this pre-existing game. So yep. that it had a connection to Street Fighter. What do you do in the game? Clearly, uh, if it's got a title like Street Fighter, it's a fighting game, right, Keith? Uh, like I said, it's similar to Monster Party, where it seems there are six planets. I couldn't get to the end of them, sadly, mm. because of time constraints and also because of difficulty and frustration. Because <laughs> the game fucking sucks. Yeah, it just controls really bad. But you go from planet to planet through a bunch of different stages where at the beginning it'll be like enemy versus Ken mm-hmm. and show what enemy you're going against because you will have to kill that enemy, pick up this little energy thing, which lets you open a gate to travel to the next level. Gotcha. You're like slidering around or something, but you're not you're teleporting around. So it's an talking. action platformer. Kind of a platformer. There are some uh, forced scrolling uh, platforming levels that Mm -hmm. will lead up to a boss you have to fight, but not always. Okay. Sometimes you're just dropped right into the fight right from the start and you just fight the guy. Right. Which there are, there's a weird like dragon insect boss that's the first guy. You then fight the guy who's on the cover, which does have a very Mega Man. It looks like it might be the same guy who drew uh, the Mega Man covers for America. (laughs) You mean Scoliosis Man? Yeah, it's the same. (laughs) It's the same sort of uh, style. It seems. Do you ever feel like you were born in the wrong era? Because when I look back at all those Mega Man covers, I'm like, man, I could have been doing that for that money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no fucking doubt. No doubt. You know, anything would have been better than that. There's a lot more info on that nowadays about that, where the artist himself has come out and talked about, like, 
this was just a time constraint. We didn't have a lot of information thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was we had, like, also 10 a minutes of artist. footage and like a five minute conversation. Yeah. And I was off to paint this. <laughs> what about perspective? What about that? <laughs> or what human anatomy? And some of the information he didn't get was clearly, you know, foreshortened. <laughs> <laughs> And oh the gun thing, it was just like, I guess he has a gun. Put a gun in his hand. Sure, could possibly be a part of his arm. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Throw this game out because there's no redeeming uh, qualities. There's nothing you can redeem out of this game. How about, um, I music, it, art style, anything. I like the design. I like the fact that you are a very '90s guy, which I always like to see in games. You know, obviously, especially in 1990. You know, the wraparound shades, the spiky hair. He's got like Silver Hawk's shiny armor on, and right. fights a robot guy with a Morning Star extendable arm in what looks like most Isley's cantina on mm-hmm. the second level. Okay, with, like Jawas in the background or something. I don't know. It, 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 <laughs> it should be cool. Yeah, the way I can explain it is. I find there is a fascination nowadays going back to a lot of these games that are bad yeah. because of latency in the controls, bad level design. Mm-hmm. A lot of people complain about enemies with patterns. People complain like, oh, Medusa heads are the most annoying enemies of all time. Sure. They're wrong. Medusas are easy. Well, I wouldn't go almost, that far. Well, not easy, yeah. but compared to this game where almost every enemy seeks at you in one way or another. Yeah. Like, there's no real patterns going on you can follow. Everything ends up getting random. Enemies just go right for you every time. When you attack, you punch, and it shoots out, like, your fists a little bit in front of you. You can pick up more power-ups to extend that and make it go farther. If you die, you lose it all. You have to start over. If you Mm -hmm. get hit, you'll lose bits of that power. Yeah, there was Uh, a lot of Nintendo games that came out around this time that were identical to this. It's just shocking that... Capcom put it out. And- yeah, like I'm saying, it like feels like you know LJN or someone tried to make a cool action game and it just yeah. didn't work. The music's kind of repetitive, not all that great. Right. And it's just another missed opportunity for something that could have been way cooler. With or without the cash grab facade that they put on top of this game, this game is still garbage. I feel like I want to keep going because there is a challenge in trying to deal with the latency in your attack and, yeah. and you know... Yeah, but what would the payoff be? Probably not that good. I should have right. looked up the ending to see what... I mean, I know what the ending is, but I'd love to see what it looks like in the cutscene or something like that. Yeah, probably not much of a reward in this game. Okay. So you would, you would not recommend this game. In the age of being able to just kind of grab something and try it for five to ten minutes... Yeah. See what it's like. I say anyone who didn't grow up in this generation and maybe has only gone back to play the good games... Mm-hmm. Give yourself a little perspective and give this one a try. Okay. You know what I mean? If you've only gone back and played Mario Brothers and Zelda and all these things that are really great. Yeah. Give a shitty thing a try every once in a while just to realize if you were, uh, you know, 10 years younger, you could have been stuck renting this game for a weekend and this was the only thing you had to play. Right. Yeah. Maybe you could glean what it felt like to be us when we were younger and you got yeah, that, just, just got that like one said, shitty Nintendo game for your birthday, and that was it yeah. until like the holidays rolled around. Or you were tricked, and you were like, oh man, I love Street Fighter. Yeah. Because maybe you saw this game like in 92, because you'd already played Street Fighter 2, and you see this game two years later, and you're like, oh crap, I love Street Fighter. They made another Street Fighter game for Nintendo? Yeah. And then in you the play, future... I think Kyle went through a similar team. I did. Going, oh, God, I love Journey. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
<laughs> I would. <laughs> that is not what happened. <laughs> that was a bargain bin game that I got saddled with. But when I was younger, some uh, Funko Land employee sandbagged me with Young Merlin for the Super Nintendo because I told him I liked Legend of Zelda. I'm oh, so geez. sorry. Yes, you played that game. Yeah, it's so very, bad. Very briefly. It's so it's so European bad. No offense, John. I, I, was, I, I was fooled by uh, Daydream and Davy in the same sense where I was like, I love using my imagination and not paying attention in class. This kid's me. John, why don't you go next? Dump was the word that I saw when, okay. I, was, when I saw the prompt. Yes. And straight away, my brain goes to air zonk uh, when I think of the word dump. <laughs> not because I think it should be in a dump. Right. Because it features a particularly uh, evocative dump level. Uh, Airzonk, of course, uh, made by Red Company and published by Hudson in 1992, also known as PC Dengine Punkic Cyborg. Yes. I didn't even know that the PC Engine TurboGrafx-16 existed until I was like 22. Mm. Uh, Whenever we talk games started, yes. I started listening to it, and Wiggly was there going, "Oh, and the TurboGrafx 16 is the greatest system ever." And I was there going, "What, what the fuck is that?" <laughs> I was in the same boat, John. Oh, really? Uh, Chris, did you have any experience? Uh, I wanted a TurboGrafx 16, so you were familiar it. with it when you were younger. Yeah, I saw ads for it like really early. I think the I think I first found out about it from. Uh, the first issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly that I picked up, which featured Bubsy the Bobcat on the cover. It's probably <laughs> the most recognition Bubsy the Bobcat ever got. Or deserved. But, uh, oh, I also knew about Bonk. I, I, I definitely saw ads for it, and I'm very vaguely familiar with Air Zonk. I still haven't had a chance to play it. I liked him better. He looked cooler because cyborgs and cyberpunk and stuff. Right. I knew about it. I wanted one. Never got one because they cost money yeah uh, but i found out i i remember literally especially when the turbo duo came out the version with the cartridge slot and the cd mm-hmm. that was like when it really started uh getting my attention yeah we had a similar experience because that's how i found out about it and became familiar with it it was one of those things that much like the neo geo i wanted but could not obtain and i didn't see in any store by me you know i had the one friend steven vandalaski who had the Sega Master System when I had a Nintendo, and he tried very hard to convince everybody that that was the superior system. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, Phantom was good. But um, oh, yeah, it, it definitely had man, a different man. experience. Don't get me wrong. I w- would go over his house and be blown away by the, the difference in colors. That was probably the only experience I had with a less than mainstream console was the Sega Master System very early on. I never got to experience TurboGrafx-16. John, please continue. As I was saying, like, I had no idea what a Turbo was. Yeah. And um, they were rattling off names of systems or, like, you know, and the, the big games that came out for this. I'm going, holy shit, there's, like, a fucking an entire branch of video game history, console history, that I have no idea about. Like, right. You know? And uh, it was kind of fascinating. And I think it was when the Wii came out then, that was the first time I'd ever had an opportunity to uh, play any of these games. I tried to emulate them, but for whatever reason, the emulators that wrote back then were fucking terrible. But um, I picked up uh, the PC Caveman Kid or whatever, the the box adventure games, and played those, and they're fine. Back then, your system was sold on its platformers. 
Right. And, um, to be fair to Bonk, like, good games on that system, but nothing compared to Mario and Sonic at the time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Those yeah. shots fired. Wiggly's going to come on here pretty soon. I agree. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, but they're not. Like, I mean, no. uh, they're not as tight as Mario, and they're not as gotta go fast cool as Sonic. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with both those statements. Bonk looked much better than Mario, yeah. but controlled very floaty. And as yeah. far as level design was concerned, sorry, you can't hold Mario's jockstrap. No, it's like I love the look of the game. Yeah, um, I, I do love that. I I think Bonk is a really expressive character. Yes. And I really enjoy like the color palette of the PC Engine slash Turbo. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, um, this Air Zonk was, in 1992, they were, from what I understand, they were trying to rebrand the Turbo because it wasn't doing so well in uh, your United States. Yes. And um, they were like, let's rip off Astro Boy and Mega Man <laughs> and make a shooter. <laughs> and um, they kind of did that. Uh, they rebranded Zonk as their mascot from what I understand and just decided to to push ahead with this. And um You know why, don't you? Why is that? Cool fucking shades. Yep, that, sure. I mean what's it nineteen ninety two? I mean vanilla ice just right. Yeah. The dude in my game had the cool sunglasses as well, nineteen ninety. It was it was the decade of the cool shades. Yeah, when we Red were had what? those cool sunglasses. Yeah. When me and my friends were mutilating Tiger Games to try to resell the people, and we made Rad Kyle, we made sure that I had sunglasses on. So everyone to know you were super cool. And super rad. That's a deep cut. You gotta go back and listen to previous episodes to get that joke. <laughs> I want to play a fucking Frankenstein shit piece game. Because <laughs> look how cool these sunglasses are. That he's wearing in November. The game itself is a pretty fun shoot 'em up the character you play as Zonk, he's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And that kind of becomes a problem with some of the bosses because the bosses are huge as well, but they take up way too much real estate on the screen. Mm. It's not like, say, when you play Death Smiles or a modern shooter where there is a little tiny hitbox on your guy, but, you know, the rest of the character, the bullets pass through them. Yeah. Uh, but this, it's like every part of you is like one hit kill it gets a bit busy during some of the boss battles unless you can kill those bosses quick by holding on to all your power-ups from earlier on the level you're fucked you're just going to start draining lives so is that where the dump comes in no 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 i'll I'll get into the dump part okay in a minute Um, this is the part where you uh, get smashed i guess you do get smashed by the bosses you get uh, double teamed by some of it's weird because the the dump theme comes into it around level two, mm-hmm. and uh, the first level is called Toxie Land, so that's kind of a, a precursor, shall we say? Yeah. But level two has like every level has a two parts to it. So there's a mid boss and then a final boss at the end of every stage. After you beat the mid boss on stage two, you go to this. It's weird. It's an Akira dump. Hmm. It just looks like the movie Akira to me for some reason. Okay. It's got this kind of washed out red sky and there's just gray broken machines everywhere. You're literally at war with trash. Every enemy is made out of bits of rubbish right. and bits of debris and stuff like that. It's really cool. You get to the end of it and the reason like when I hear a dump, it's just and I think video games, I think of Airzonk, it's like 
this is just such a perfectly grimy dump. Uh, <laughs> it just works. Like the visuals right. for this level really work, and they build up to one of my all-time favorite bosses in any video game. It's a two-parter boss. First, it's a giant kind of black bin bag. It's just this big kind of balloon thing that goes around. It bounces around the screen, and you have to hit it a couple of times. And uh, eventually, once you get its health bar away, even though there's a health bar on the screen, uh, the bag bursts, and inside is like a big rancid slice of pizza that's <laughs> become, become sentient. It has like flies going around it and stuff. Yeah. The flies attack you. Actually, uh, it reminded me a lot of, if you remember, Pizza the Hut from um, Spaceballs. Yes. That kind of thing where it's just like this big, grimy, kind of disgusting, rancid, <laughs> cheesy mess. Fucking really disgusting for acute animation. Like, right. You know? Really great game. There's a pollution kind of subtext to it because... It's the 90s. Like, yeah, because it was the early 90s, exactly. Yeah. And it's closer to the Sonic thing, though, because there's a lot of robot animal enemies. Mm. Also very 90s. Yeah. There's weird ones, like the third stage, it's called Rockin' Stadium, and it's all sports-themed, and you fight a bird that has footballs for wings, like proper footballs, the ones you hit with your feet. And then later on, at the end of the level, you fight what can only be described as an American football chimera. Just like oh my god! It has an American football body, and it has like three heads that are snake heads and wolf heads and stuff. And it's fucking ridiculously tough. And I only played through one kind of credit, and um, I wanted to be as honest as I could with the game, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, because it's ridiculously hard. After you beat that boss, and then it goes to this undersea level, mm-hmm. and it starts getting. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Uh, it's one of those games that at the end of it, they throw a boss rush at you, and the bosses are the toughest part of the game by far because they're too big and there's too much shit happening and there's slowdown and all the rest. It's kind of unfair and maybe not even unfair, just like poorly programmed in that respect. Mm. But um, it's a really, really fun game when you're playing in the fun stages, shall we say. Gotcha. And if, if you are looking to play a game set in a dump. I don't know who you're going to get a better one than this. <laughs> uh, Earthworm Jim, I, I thought of uh, when I thought of dump, but no characters uh, but, named Ken in there. Mm. It's not, I'm serious, go back and look at this level. It's so, like the second part of level two is just Akira. I don't know why, it just screams Akira to me. It's all these grays and reds. Who's your favorite uh, sidekick? Because I think the beginning of this game, you get to pick like, your option character, yes. right? Yeah, you're familiar, your option. There's a bunch of them. I love the baseball guy because I like baseballs themselves, and he throws loads of baseballs, mm-hmm. uh, but he's useless because there's a pause <laughs> in between. When you press the button, it takes him a while to charge up. He's shot, and you're left vulnerable, yeah. basically. Who is it I enjoy playing with? The the cow. Because yeah, that's me too, dude, the cow. Yeah, you turn into this thing and you just shoot jars of milk out of your udders at <laughs> your enemies. I love the way the cow is when it's in its familiar or option form. Like it's inflated, it's like a, a pufferfish. Mm-hmm. So it's just got its little little tiny round body, little tiny feet, and then the udders underneath. And of course, wearing those bitchin' shades. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I like that. All the sidekicks have the cool shades you do, and then... When you do get the power-ups, you combine with them to make like a super-power version to like fuck them all up with milk with the cows' case. Yeah, the yeah. only one I ever played with was the cows. Like, how could I resist that thing? Look at it. 
there's a bunch of others. There's like a swamp monster. There's a a bulldozer, a nuclear missile. There's a goddamn uh, drill mummy. There's a drill mummy. <laughs> yeah, drill mummy. <laughs> yeah. Is that the one you turn into a cat and spit? The, uh, no, there's also a cat, but there's a oh, there's okay. a mummy with like a drill hat, and it just looks amazing. There's a cat one as well. I remember you spit hairballs at the enemies when you turn into the super version of it. So, and they are married to certain levels, so they'll auto generate if you go with auto. But you can also custom pick whichever companion you want. It was was named the best TurboGrafx 16, uh, 16 game of 1992 by EGM. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure how stiff the competition was. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to say. In 1992, I'm sure Wiggly will be here to tell us if he could be. Yeah. I think the reason it probably failed miserably and killed the system <laughs> was because, unlike every other TurboGrafx 16 uh, game, this game had good box art. <laughs> and I think the people who would be going into the shops to buy Supergraph uh, 16 games probably just didn't even see it on the shelf. They were like, that's good CD box art. That must be for some other system for nicer people than me. Yeah, they uh, saw that Batman game and they couldn't resist. Uh, they were like, you know, I pictured them as serfs, you know, going, <laughs> going in with their hats over their eyes. Uh, I'll take that Pac-Man game there, sir. Yeah, no bother. <laughs> you know, go home and go, sure, it's all I deserve. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Pac-Man and speaking of Batman, uh, we've touched on the TG-16 Batman game numerous times. But for those unfamiliar, you can watch uh, Keith the Robo-Duke play it. Would you do that, last year? Or earlier this year. Earlier this year. Where, where can earlier people find that? for Pac-Man. YouTube.com slash Keith the Robo Duke, or just look up Robo Duke on Google. It's there. Yeah, Keith occasionally will post a video that is usually something we've talked about, but we didn't review. Sometimes he plays games too that we've reviewed, but other times he plays games that we won't shut the fuck up about. Yeah, or just other arcade games in general. Usually, if I'm doing an arcade game, it's a WTG exclusive. Speaking of games that we won't shut the fuck up about, Keith, where's that Journey game video <laughs> coming up, huh? Yeah, because I'm not playing it, that ever again. Well, I mean, I, uh, I could get it on my PS4. They did make an HD re-release. Why would they do that? What a waste of resources. Because it's mean, amazing. Because Journey's a great game. Oh, man. You know, you walk through the game and, you know, sometimes you run into a little buddy and you make your cape get longer and, and you, you traverse along this, you know, Oh, story we're talking about a totally different about journey right now. So, Wait, are we talking about the same game? No, we are not talking about the same game. <laughs> you know what we meant, don't lie. Yeah. The band journey game, the arcade game with the tape deck in it. Yeah, where the, yes. the, the hearts with feet attack you. And I'm Never not even talking it. about the arcade game. I'm talking about the Atari game. Oh. Yes. Do I really got to go back and play this? I have an Atari 2600. You know what? Because I don't, of your know, little... I don't know if I have Journey. I have a, like a pile of games a friend gave me years ago. I haven't looked through it in a while. I don't think I have Journey in there. Be- because of your uh, your little joke of the Journey on the uh, PlayStation 3, yes, now I am, uh, I'm ordering you to play the Atari game. <laughs> All right. I got it. It's Journey the Escape. Look for my journey, the escape video soon, because also I'll inform you now. I hate journey. Yeah, well, so do I, because yeah, I want you to. That's right. I want you to picture being sandbagged with that game at the age of six. 
Oh, it, going along our lines of like what I said, playing Street Fighter, like, here's this shitty game. Give it a try. This is all you have. Like, yeah. think about that. Thanks, Grandma. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Although that oh, wasn't my grandma. That, that was my parents. Steve Perry? <laughs> I like one Journey song, and it's any way you want it, and it's only because Rodney Dangerfield has it playing from his golf bag in Caddyshack. <laughs> I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Best scene. So let's dance! <laughs> All right. Chris, what is your pick for this month? I'm going a lot more recent than the other two picks. Uh, this is... That's allowed on this show. This is actually a browser game, although it's kind of a throwback of sorts to the NES era. It uh, is called Wreck Boy, and it's by... He goes by Drac on Twitter. I forget his actual name, but he's a cartoonist and a video gamesman. Okay. It were. It's more of a virtual pet than a game. And graphically, it's based off of uh, Wrecking Crew. Mm. You look like Mario from Wrecking Crew, but uh, when cool. you fire it up, it randomizes your character to uh, different color palettes uh, on the face and the outfit. Mm. And you have no arms for some reason, although <laughs> you can still pull out a hammer and smash things. I went with the smashing aspect of the prompt this month. Mm-hmm. But it's cute. It's pretty neat. The whole idea is you're pulling a lever to bring in these bricks, and when you drop them on the ground, your wreck boy goes in and smashes them for you. Then uh, the whole idea is you actually can end up being named Ken as well, because I think it generates a name, mm. but it also generates like blood type favorite food. <laughs> it actually make, picks a list of like eight different traits that uh, each one has until they end up passing away at some point. Do the traits have any bearing on the game? Nope. Uh, just for show. You can just look them up and yeah, it's just it's just and they're all like weird stuff like favorite jello flavor, favorite <laughs> cat. Uh, right. It's all edited and it uh, keeps track of all the rec boys that you go through and their traits and uh, there's like a little poster. You can actually order I believe custom posters in the uh, colors of your favorite rec boy. So you generate you generate a rec boy and what do you do with it? You just give him bricks to break and collect <gasps> money and oh it also leaves the bits of the larger bricks on the floor so you have to dump them in the trash. Mm. As you go along there's different uh, you can give him different items to power him up so he wrecks faster or can wreck faster longer and there's a sort of power but it's been a little while since I went too deep into it. I kind of refreshed myself a bit. I forget if it's Flash or Unity. Either way, both are losing their web players, at least in Chrome, yeah. soon enough. I know it still works in Chrome. We'll keep your stats if you close the window and come back to it later. Are there levels, or are you just like in a single screen dropping bricks into it? It's a single screen. Like I said, it's more of a virtual pet sort yeah. of thing. There's a pipe you can get that drops money occasionally. Uh, and you have to manually pick up the money and put it in your little treasure chest so you can spend it later. Okay. Uh, at the shop, there's a little dancing dude who reminds me of, uh, if you played Secret of Mana, I'm pretty sure it's a reference to them. The shopkeeper has a turban, even though it's kind of the NES 8-bit style, so it doesn't look like the Secret of Mana guys. Right. But it looks like the guys in the desert who dance around all uh, pretty much eternally, and he, has, he speaks in broken English. <laughs> I didn't notice it before, but he, have, he has a tip jar now, and he'll thank you for buying things from that. But you buy a pipe that drops extra money and get stat-improving stuff. You can kill your wreck boy by tiring him out, mm. wrecking too much, or not letting him wreck enough. Uh, mm. You've got to keep stuff coming in for him to wreck her. He dies of basically, I guess, depression. <laughs> but it's kind of cute when he passes away 
I think they're little angel wreck boys come down and put him in a coffin and then fly away with him. And there's sad music playing. He operates on his own. He just independently moves around the screen and breaks up bricks. Or do you have to tell him to do that? No, he does it automatically. And there's a little handle you pull to bring in bricks on a conveyor belt. And that can only hold up to three, I think two or three. So you have to keep dumping them into the area. Yeah. But you can keep piling them up and he'll just go at them over and over. I've actually piled it up a couple times while he was going. So he got trapped in between the bricks and couldn't move <laughs> uh, to, into position because he kind of backs off a bit from it before he goes hammering at it. That's another thing you got to keep tabs on. And if you let it get too messy, I think he gets upset as well. You can actually, <laughs> you, you, get, you have to dump the little bits uh-huh. into the trash can. You get better trash cans too. I don't know if that actually does anything. I know. They look better. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> buy a chest to dump the auto dripping uh, coins into as well. You drag the chest off the side of the screen and you drop it into the main screen. You, it took me a while to figure that one out. That might have been a bit of a, a, a bro player blip there mm. for y'all. Oh, and the other nice thing is the background music is pretty sweet. You've got a kind of a, I don't know if it's from Wrecking Crew, mm-hmm. but you've got a chiptune version that's, you know, pretty generic video gamey retro you've got this like smooth jazz almost kind of like classic 80s porn funk (laughs) thing going on but a little more downbeat and then you have a lovely rendition in chiptune form of denise williams let's hear it for the boy (laughs) because rack boy uh and that's my personal favorite i like you can just let that loop or you can just turn the music off there's meters i imagine to tell you when he's tired out or depressed yeah 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 like and um energy and whatnot you can refill those with items as well you can you know beef them up because he doesn't sleep or anything that i've, I've noticed right wrecking, but he, we, he will start wrecking wreck. more slowly yeah. or more quickly it's pretty cute there's a lot of more weird interesting stuff to find mm-hmm. than i expected it's, it's worth a look especially for free right when you say it's nintendo oriented as far as you know, it's graphical presentation. Is it pigeon held to that? Or is it doing things like what Jeff Minter does when he kind of reimagines the graphical stylings of an Atari game and, and then dumps in other effects that obviously were not available at the time? It keeps the 8-bit aesthetic and sprite size, but it's not limited to the NES color palette. It's a little okay. wider than that. And it doesn't have the, you know, the, con- the hardware constraints, obviously. There's no like weird sprite blink or any of that stuff but it does keep the visual style of a nintendo game yeah Um, yeah, everything is pretty consistent is there a limitation to the bricks that you can dump in or is it just infinite i think you run out of room on screen eventually but that's pretty it's pretty much it interesting hey i'm gonna have to check it out sounds pretty cool sounds like a, a you know if you're sitting around maybe doing something else you can have that going on the background Sadly, I guess you can't play it on a tablet. You might be able to. Again, I, I'm not sure if it's Unity or Flash. Yeah. Wrecking Crew, also a very good game that involves smashing. I would recommend that game. I don't know if everyone else is familiar with it. But, it's uh, decent. Um, I, I like I, it. I, I didn't come into it until later. The Wrecking Crew level on uh, Super Smash Bros. 4, also fun. All right, I'll go real quick. I, I got a quick hit. I was just thumbing through some different games, and I stumbled upon a Smashing Drive which was put out by Namco in the year 2000. And it started as an arcade game, but I played the Game Boy Advance game. And I would say that this was Namco's answer to the different vehicle combat games at the time, mixed with an answer to Crazy Taxi, because essentially you're a taxi that's driving around the city. You start in New York, I believe. 
you're trying to race or beat another taxi to the finish line and you do this by smashing into everything along the way and there's different types of power-ups that you can use there's a cutter that's a giant saw blade it's kind of like some battle bot shit happening there's a glider because there's lots of ramps uh so you can you know hit the ramp then hit glider and you'll obviously glide um there's also a bigfoot mode which is called four by four mode the in-game announcer, because yes, there is voice in this Game Boy Advance game, does say Bigfoot mode. Uh, and there's also a Turbo. I'm trying to think if there's any other power-ups. I believe there's one called Sonic, too. Yeah, uh, it's Sonic, and you have a horn that can blast cars out of the way. It's very hard to look at. <laughs> it's impressive because it's a Game Boy Advance game with polygons, and they were able to pull it off. But that being said, we're talking like PlayStation 1 error polygons, so it's very hard to go back and look at those. Just kind of muddy. But so it's like a step up from the Super FX chip. Exactly. I probably won't go back to the game, but I didn't hate the game. There was definitely a sharp incline of difficulty where you would have to repeat the map a couple times to get through, or at least I had to. But what I did like about doing that was I would discover that there are numerous paths to get to the end. And there's obviously checkpoints like a racing game. So if you don't hit certain areas in time, there is a timeout where you'll lose because you've run out of time. I believe there's three in total, including the finish line. I'm not really deep. I, I think if you know I were to imagine myself playing this back in the early 2000s, I probably would have been very impressed with it because, again, the polygons for what they're operating on were impressive. The soundtrack is hilarious because... I'm not certain if the person singing is speaking Japanese or English, but if they are speaking English, then one of the lines of the lyrics is, gotta hump and smash. Because the guy definitely says, gotta hump and smash, gotta hump and smash, gotta hump and smash, <laughs> over and over again. And then on the <laughs> second world, I'm certain he says, gotta change a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> now again, he might be singing in Japanese and I'm just interpreting because this is a Game Boy Advance game, so the sound quality is not superb, but I'm pretty certain he's saying these things. I didn't look up to figure out what the lyrics were, but after the show, I think I will because they're just so weird and goofy. But is the, it like 90s dance music back here? Yeah. That's all I can hear. With yeah, that. it's very Crazy Taxi. They were like, what's popular right now? Twisted Metal and Crazy Taxi. Great. Let's put them together. And it's and not bad. And like ten other companies said the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vigilante Eight. Dig Dug has the twisty rockets. You know that type of thing. Um, <sighs> and you know what? That probably would have been a better. I would have much rather have seen Namco do a kart racer with their characters than this game. But like I said, I don't hate this game. I know this game came out for. PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox, as well as the arcade, I didn't play any of those versions. I just played the Game Boy Advance game because wow. um, I was like, yeah, you know what? We haven't talked about many handhelds, so let me look through uh, my quote-unquote library of Game Boy Advance games. And uh, this was the first one to pop up using the word smash or smashing, so I gave it a try. I think fans of Crazy Taxi will not enjoy this as much as Crazy Taxi, but I think it's worth a quick look, and uh, it's interesting. And like I said, it's very uh, impressive for the console that it was put on. The Game Boy Advance was 
very impressive. I mean, it was essentially you had a Super Nintendo in your pocket, but when they did pull off polygons, even though they didn't look great, I, I was still impressed by it. I love the Game Boy Advance. It's, it's probably the best portable system there ever was. Well, no, if we're talking Game Boy Advance SP, I'll exactly. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if, if you have an it's SP a, with the light, and yeah, it's it's the perfect portable system. It has some of the best games yeah. ever, ever. Aria battery life, yeah, battery life and graphics and all that. Like, I mean, it's hard to compete with the GBA. And Kyle, your dream actually came true. Uh, there is a Namco Kart Racer Pac-Man Kart Rally on. I know it's on Android. I don't know if they'd ever made it to iOS, but. You can play as uh, Digdo Taizo Hori or his son Susubu Hori from Mr. Driller. Uh, Mr. Driller. Driller. Yeah. Uh, cool. But they, of course, Pac-Man. You've got all four ghosts. Oh, nice! And there's another. There's another Pac-Man racer on the GameCube. I forget which one that was. Uh, you can also play as the Prince of uh, the Prince of All Cosmos or his cousin Ichigo. But it's not great. Oh my God! It's, yeah. it's definitely early Android game. Very polygonal. Didn't uh, Konami a little sloppy, but it's decent. Speaking of the, big, game, the Game Boy Advance, didn't Konami do a kart racer with their characters? Yes, Konami. Yes, that one's really good, actually, and it's more of a Mario Kart style sort of thing. What's but, the What's, uh, what's the name stories. of it again? Konami Crazy Racers. The weird The weird thing is, like, um, I remember that because girl I was seeing years ago, she bought a Game Boy Advance for her little brother. And she goes, oh, there's this game called Crazy Racers. I'll, I'll buy it for him. Uh, it's a cheap game. You know, it'll probably be all right. Yeah. And they're going, oh, I don't know. If you don't know what the game is, don't buy it. Like, you know, right. I've never heard of it. Like, you know, so she gets the game and gives it to me. She goes, you just play it to make sure it works. Throw it in your DS or whatever. Like, you know. And you're like, you're not getting this game back. I, I was pretty close. I was like, holy shit, Goemon's in this game. What the fuck? It's, you know, it's an actual Konami fucking game. Like, you know. Yeah, it's I, great. I was start going, okay, you did really well. Well done on buying this for your little brother. He's going to take it. I'm going to see um, if I can talk to Stinky to rewire TT to do some sort of premise where we talk about kart racers with mascots so we can oh play some of Oh, my God. Games. That would basically that – you you will have me for all those because I do that every Friday. All right. Very good. Yeah, yeah we but, can uh, talk about uh, M&M racers. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. just slipped my wrists. What was yeah. the wheelchair kid in um, – it was like the urban one, but it had like homies? a wheelchair kid. Homies? Homies Racers? Oh, oh I forgot oh, they had that. I need to get that one, actually. What? There's a Homies that. Racing game? Yeah. yeah. Nope. Uh, me and uh, years ago, speaking of my little brother, he bought that at GameStop, oh. and he bought it new. I'm like, why oh, yeah. would you spend money on this? And so he's like, oh, no, it's good. And he tried to convince himself that it was a good <laughs> game. And like a few months later, he gave it to me. He's like... Do you want to give this away? Because at the time when you would buy uh, things from the Pro Gear store, we would give a mystery gift in the packaging. So that was one of the mystery gifts we had. And I, I don't know who ended up getting it, but somebody got that with their T-shirt. Was the whole, I think it was called Homies Rollers. Homie Rollers. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Wow. I've got, I think I've got one of your brother's games in my hand right now. It's the Duel Masters Kaijudo Showdown. <laughs> yes. Yes, Ryan bought a lot of bad games that he didn't <laughs> like. Jumping back to uh, Konami uh, Crazy Racers real quick. Uh, the best part, I think, is the fact that they released it and it had all these characters that well, many of them still haven't been seen over here in America. Like, you've got the uh, one of the cat twins from uh, Poppin' Music. You've mm-hmm. got uh, Winby from Twinby. Well, that came over here. Yeah. But I, we, never, we never got one where you could actually see Winby, Twinby, and... Uh, 
Mini B, I think was the kid, the baby. Yeah, I mean, it was baby. America. We got uh, the second one, Twin B two, as Stinger, but we didn't get uh, Pop and Twin B or any of the later ones. Playing Pop and Twin B when I was a kid. Is yeah, Simon the, Belmont in the it's game? It's got the little baseball guy from their uh, Chico Pro games. Okay. Uh, yeah, Goemon's in it. Uh, and the, It's got the squid from Parodius, or the octopus, sorry. S- Simon Belmont, is he in it? No, but uh, there is uh, Dracula. Oh! Yeah. Like oh. this really cartoony look at Dracula. It's great. Ooh. And uh, Gray Fox from uh, Metal Gear Solid. Wow. Okay. Of all things. Well, I want to play this and game there's a, now. there's a shadow mode Moses uh, level. The levels look barely like their inspirations at all, but you can kind of see the nods. There's a Castlevania one, which is basically Bowser's castle. Yeah. There's lava and shit. You know that place near you where it's just, like had the bins full yes. of fucking GBA games? I guarantee you'll find it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to have to check Pretty it out. I want, I want to play this game right now. Yeah. <laughs> so good. It's so good. want to be Goemon. There's a mobile one that came later. That one's nowhere near as good. It's kind of trash, actually. All right, well, despite Stinky's disparaging comments, I think we did a pretty good job this month for the buck. Let's check in with T.T. Schmookins for next month's premise, because I'll be damned if I'm going to say that whole peeny, Akarai, Blapper-ass 3000 bullshit. Brought to you by Redeem. <laughs> Thanks for the it's assist. Been, I don't know. It's technological macaronis. It's science. <laughs> At least it's not fucking mute player. <laughs> I heard back she's gonna put a mutant fighter film. <laughs> Two frames of animation. <laughs> Hello, my name is Titish Kmukins, setting the premise of next month's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Pick a Debug, Program, using my Pennsylvanian Electronic Numerical Integrator Computerized RISC-I triple 48 Gigaflops Blast Processor Emulator and Adjective Magictive, Subject Service Generator, also known as the Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni, We Talk Games, Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration, P. Ni, Akarai, Rob, 48, Blapparas, G2000. Next month's premise will be. Please enter your contact information below and then our representative will contact you shortly. He's on fire. Did you say something, TT? All right, guys. Again, if you're not familiar with the show, at the end of the show, we get a dollar from everybody. They put their name on the dollar. We put the dollars in a hat. We rustle those dollars around. We pick out a dollar at random, and they get to take the kitty, all the dollars in the hat, to spend on one of the games we discussed this month. Let me get my dollars ready. But while I do, why don't we do a round robin and a little bit of plugs. Let everybody know where they can find you, as in you, the uh, co-host on this show. John, let's start with you. Uh, Where can you find me on the internet? Yes. Or, you know, if you want to give out your home address. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Well, Ireland, uh, that's where you start. And then just ask someone and they will know me. Oh. 
uh, if you get here. Obviously, um, I do the Canon Canon show sometimes. We haven't done it in a couple of months just due to various strifes. Um, I also mm. appear on Sidecast with Keith most weeks. Uh, <laughs> and uh, Kyle, you were on two weeks ago. Yes. Halloween's tomorrow. Be safe, everybody. Don't follow my instructions from a podcast a few months back about <laughs> eating razor blades. Well, I'm on Twitter, but um, I basically forgot my password, so I haven't been logged in. So if anyone's on there going, hey, John, what's going on? I'm not ignoring you. I'm just not on there. Canon Canon is available on the Giant Media Ball Network. That's giantmediaball.com. Keith, where can the people find you? Well, they can find me in the aforementioned podcast known as Sidecast with Mr. Johnny Capcom. It's at sidecast.podomatic.com, at Sidecast Show on Twitter. And uh, it's also on your iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your podcast RSS feeder thing is. Look us up. I also have a YouTube. It is youtube.com slash KeithTheRoboDuke. I'm on Twitter at RoboDuke. If you look up Robo Duke on Google, I'm the only one, thankfully. So I'm pretty proud I've been. Yeah, I don't out see that Robo blue Duke. check though verifying you, so I don't know. Might not be you, bro. It might not be me on Twitter, but YOLO. <laughs> Chris, where can everybody find you and the many things you do? Well, we mentioned my video stuff at the top of the show, twitch.tv slash negabone, youtube.com slash negabone. There's also negabone.com. That's any K O B U N, by the way. That is kind of a hub for all the stuff I have playlist from the youtube channel i uh, write there very occasionally i've been busy facebook.com slash negabone if you want to follow me there it's, i post when i go live on twitch when new videos go on the channel and if i just see other game related stuff i'm interested in and if you've got the twitty mctweeters i'm not negabone there because some punk ass in utah took it and then hasn't used his, his account in like five years uh <laughs> so i'm gonna find him and take his password or something but uh, there i am strict machine s-t-r-i-c-t I hope you can spell machine. But I, <laughs> I would hope work. so. <laughs> and you can find me at ObeyCube. That's O-B-E-Y-K-U-B-E on Twitter. You can also go dot com. That's ObeyCube.com and just check out the different artwork stuff I do. Otherwise, everything else I do is through We Talk Games. So WeTalkGames.com, available on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find podcasts. Please like, comment, subscribe, leave us a review. It helps. You know the gimmick. And guess what? It costs you nothing and helps us out tremendously. We do appreciate it. We just broke the top 300 in iTunes for video game podcasts, and we couldn't have done it without you. Your downloads, your um, your subscriptions, your reviews. It does help. Trust me. Let me rustle around these dollars. And uh, that sounds like just a piece of paper. And they are but it's five dollars because it, it's the end of the that's month. That's right, they're five dollars. So I gotta have a fiver in there, man. If nobody else put a fiver in but me, I'm gonna be pissed. Nope, they're all fivers, I promise. All right. And the winner is Wiggly. Dude, he's not even here. I don't I don't know how he does it. So uh, the winner for this month is Wiggly. Uh, hopefully we discuss the game he'd be interested in purchasing with these dollars for um william bentley the third frank hemlin stinky the game master cunt cock birth <laughs> reverend charlie Goodmuffin. <laughs> did i say stinky the game master yes i did tt schmookins tishka honeypot uh wiggly keith the robo duke chris Neckobun, johnny capcom i am kyle von cubic thanks for listening and we'll catch it next month for picking the buck.